0: Good evening, welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana on a warm day in Fishers, but we have tornado warnings all around us, so I hope we're able to finish the show. Don't go away, we may have a lot of extra activity here. <laughs> so at, at any rate, the next show will be in April, and it's going to be Guero Loco, uh, the Spanish rapper who is in Germany studying we're going to do a show live from Germany in April. Um, now, today, and I want to thank the Apple Corporation for sponsoring the podcast and all of you listeners for being here. And don't forget to subscribe to the radio show, the Apple Podcast, Tom's World Language Cafe. And it, then you get it every time it comes, goes uh, on. You get a, a, a copy through your email or a text. Okay, today we have visiting us a really, really great veteran, experienced Spanish teacher uh, from the state of Indiana, and uh, we're very proud to have her as a teacher in the state, and her name is Julie Storm. Good evening, Julie. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, son?
0: Well, I'm doing good, as long as we can keep going here without being interrupted by weather, <laughs> weather alerts, right? Um, I guess storm for a stormy night. Yes. Bad joke. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you teach at and uh, yeah. why you like teaching Spanish?
1: I am from central Indiana. I went to lapel High School. And then after college and teaching one year um, at a larger school in Indianapolis, I Came back to lapel and I've been teaching at Lapel High School um, for nearly 20 years. So it's been a great place to come back and work.
0: So um, what levels of Spanish do you teach?
1: Currently, I'm teaching Spanish 1, 3, and 4. And as most teachers in a smaller school, I have some other tasks um, assigned to me. I lead the senior trip to Europe. We just got back from our most recent trip. We were in London, Paris, Madrid, and Toledo. Um, I also get to be the department head for our English classes and world language classes or world language teachers. I'm a coach and training in the building for a um, grant that we have through IU in which we're focusing on UDL and PBIS. So you, and, do a little,
0: you do a little bit of everything.
1: A little bit of or everything. Or a lot
0: of everything. <laughs> Sounds like but, you're very busy.
1: Ooh. But I love being in the classroom because I really enjoy being with people who are high school aged and helping them develop a little bit at a time. Uh-huh. Um, in, in our context, it's it's in their communication in Spanish. And you obviously
0: yeah. love teaching Spanish, right?
1: I do, yeah.
0: Yeah, you always say that. Can you tell the listeners how you and I met for the first time in the classroom? Of course. uh, And what we ended up seeing that morning, that fateful day?
1: Yeah, um, Tom actually was my methods teacher at Marion University. We had a small methods class for Spanish teachers in training that met at Speedway High School in a small office that overlooked a Spanish classroom um and it was one day in September of that, s- that semester that we heard devastating news come but, across the broadcast but, on the way in
0: but we we had decided to go out for breakfast remember
1: we had decided it was to, to go out for breakfast a beautiful day and
0: we said we didn't want to be inside for the class so we went you know, on the
1: inside, and they were having eye steps, so they didn't really want us. <laughs> yes. So in the school either. We ended up, and we were at Burger King when yeah. we found out that 9/11 was happening um, that
0: morning. Had, they had a little TV going, and all of a sudden they came across the, the, the news uh, bulletin about the the uh, the uh, event in New York and all that happened there, which was so sad. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I
1: remember that we were ready to quit class. That, was, that we thought uh, that this that, was a big enough interruption that we needed yeah, to, you know,
0: stop. It was two,
1: For the day, it was 2000, our,
0: 2001, Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you've been teaching ever since, so you've been. Teaching I have been a while. teaching ever since. Not quite as long as me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close.
0: <laughs> so, uh, okay, so. Uh, now you studied at Marion University and uh and you're now at lapel and you're chair of the English department, chair of the World Language Department, head of yeah. the head of the uh, the travel, right? Is that yeah. is and that for seniors? Does that travel seniors?
1: Yeah, that the trip that I'm currently leading is a senior trip available to all seniors. Um It started in 1996. I was actually a student on that trip, and it was one of the things that um, gave me the confidence to travel later in college, which is where I developed an interest in being able to communicate with people that did not speak English. Um, So I was with a class at Marion University uh, called Religious Perspectives on Social Issues that took us to El Salvador. And we were in a small town trying to learn from people there and and just understand each other. And it was very frustrating to me that I couldn't. And so upon returning from that trip, I had developed a desire to communicate, not just get A's in Spanish class. And eventually (laughs) my my, uh, major changed and I met you. Not, not too much longer, a couple years later.
0: Well, we had fun in that Methods class. That was great, great time. And uh, I thought it was just a g- tremendous group of, of, of you guys that were that were tremendously creative. It was a creative group. It was just you were there, Marlo was there, and Erica, right? And, yeah. Uh, and uh, Marlo has gone on to into administration now. And right. uh, Erica is, is still teaching Spanish. But it That's was right. just a wonderful wonderful group of, of students and uh, and we just it was it was great fun and uh, um, so from then till now, what do you think's happened in language learning I mean you've been on the front lines you've seen everything are we anywhere in the middle yet again or have we gone to one extreme now
1: um you know, like we get a lot of autonomy in how we can run our classrooms. And so I think across the nation, you're going to see many different things in world language classrooms today. Um, when I think about how has language teaching changed, the first thing I think about is how have kids changed in that amount of time. And I know that with um, with my kids, at least, they process quicker than they did when I started. At least it seems as though but it also seems as though it's harder for them to um, go deep and memorize for long-term than, than when I started. And so you take the, the benefits of technology that they've had at a young age that has changed kind of how they're processing and you try to use it as the advantage in world language classrooms. So I think it's changed a little bit for that. I mean, we have lots of different techniques for teaching world language and I think that you know as you're in any profession long enough you see different trends come and go and bonuses and you know of different types of techniques but um, I think that it really is most beneficial is when we see those teaching techniques as tools and we use the one that's appropriate to get the job done so the kid can have success to reach
0: the next goal, whatever that goal might be. So now your family, are they, they're still alive, right? Living, up, Yeah, that that's right. Of Could most you tell of them are in about, central Indiana. They're in central Indiana as well. Now you, you mentioned yeah. your mom and dad, and we were talking before the show, you have your mom and dad, your brother, and uh, a boyfriend, Right. Yeah. That uh, uh, it seems to be somewhat serious, right?
1: Uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, now, what about teaching uh, uh, at, at your school, Lapel? Now, I'm assuming it's very a good place to teach, Not terribly big, right? And
1: yeah, we, we have about 475 students in the high school. Uh-huh. and so um, it's it's bigger of course it's grown since when I was a, a student there it's mm-hmm. but it's a good size in that um, the kids generally know each other before they walk into the classroom at least they recognize each other even if they haven't worked together on something before
0: now your administration is obviously it sounds like quite good right and they they really let uh, let let the teachers uh, plan on their own and they don't interfere much, right?
1: We have a lot of support from our administration. I would say that our administration um, champions teachers, that they believe in us, that they support us. That um, I've had some very good administrators at Franklin Hotel schools. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what are some of your favorite memories about teaching? Some of uh, them that you really things, you kind of unforgettable moments, right? There's always some, right?
1: Yeah, there's always some. And they're all little bitty moments. And so they have big yes. stories behind them. And so like when you think about those memories, they're, you know, they're fun. I, I think about um, one of my biggest mistakes in the classroom was, was quite humorous. I was a young teacher and we were um, making batidos, which are um, a fruit shake in class and I remember telling the class, um, do not do this. And then I stuck a knife into the blender to help it come along. And, and my kids all saw why they shouldn't do that at home. Um, you you know, so you have those kind of funny memories. You have some success memories where you see some people have success and like lights come on and, and people realize things about themselves and that they can, um do things that they didn't think were possible for themselves. and and those are all always very memorable. Um, my Spanish four kids do some interesting things. We have a conversation, full day practice a week. and some of the creative things that have come out of that will always be memorable. And some of their special interest projects and where they have taken us along the years with their interests have um, will also yeah. be.
0: Quite memorable And inevitably, it, you probably have seen this already, I'm sure, but some of the things that, that the kids remember from the classroom the, the, that when you're a teacher, they're, they're things that you don't necessarily think are so funny perhaps, right? Or,
1: or right. you think, oh,
0: I don't know why, but, but inevitably they'll remember the skits, right? Or they might remember yeah. projects and they remember when you videoed skits and you had fun and, there was theater and all of, you know, the different dynamic things, right? Um,
1: yeah. When they're able to use creativity, it's, it's as if there's a aspect that's reached in their, in their brain that, that helps them remember longer what they're doing because they're so creating at that moment at a high level.
0: So um, for any new teachers out there, I think what Julie said about this—the the things that you remember, some of your memories, of what the students remember—they—they—they're they're, they're not. They don't remember usually the test, <laughs> the written right. test. They don't remember necessarily their papers they write, but they remember the fun things and or the the, the theatrical things and uh, uh, the things that bring language to life. That where where they're out using things and. and and activities and trips and travel, right? Uh, Julie, you know that too, right? Taking those kids on those trips. And I'm going to ask you real quickly about that, real quick. Uh, What about when you were traveling? That was recently, right? Two weeks ago you got back?
1: Yeah.
0: Can you tell us about the COVID situation in London, in Madrid, Toledo? Was Uh, Was it more strict there or about the same?
1: It was more strict than we have been accustomed to, um, but they are large cities, and so I think that they would be comparable to the large cities we have in the United States. It Travel was more difficult or more stressful this time because, as we have learned with COVID, that things change very quickly, and they um, change everywhere at a different pace and each country gets to decide what is safe for their citizens. And so um, we were seeing lots of different advice and lots of different restrictions change and being able to communicate those changes with our travelers. And yet our travelers having confidence that everyone had a plan and we knew what we were doing um, probably made us focus on the COVID more than was needed to focus on COVID. Um, When we were in London, um, many of the restrictions had been lightened. Um, The same for France and Spain was coming closely behind. Um, We were able to not be masked in London or France, but needed to be masked indoors when we were in Madrid and Toledo. other than that, we did not notice much difference to travel. The, the whole trip kind of had a, uh, a spring awakening. And yes, we were traveling in the spring, but we had street performers who were expressing their gratitude of getting back to work because they were just getting back to work. And some of those things that we witnessed were pretty unique. Um, our kids did a great job they were interested they were kind to each other which always makes for a good trip and um it it was a very smooth traveling with student experience this time
0: that's amazing now with covid though we're talking about covid here um the the um we forget about the impact it had on tourism right i mean it really had a terrible impact On tourism, the travel industry. And uh, so, and I think little by little, people are saying, I think I can do this, right? And they're thinking about traveling again, but still not much, you know? I mean, there's some, but it isn't, you know, back to normal by any means, right?
1: We've uh, used the same tour guide for over a decade, uh and he had done some trips that were tours back to work in that within his own country. Mm-hmm. But we were the first trip to travel with the company that we travel with. And, and, and he received people from, from the U S which, which was unique because it was, he was so excited to be back to travel. Yes. Um, some of the larger cities have made some changes while people have been away there's more green spaces and yeah, more you, pedestrian
0: you said areas. You um, said in Madrid. Madrid. Madrid, has a big yeah. What it are, like? The Puerto del Sol is all pedestrian, right? All
1: pedestrian, and there's a Don Quixote um, statue that has been there a long time, but it's now a park outside of it instead of street cars oh, passing you mean, by.
0: You mean the Plaza Plaza de España, right? Is that the one? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That's and a so
1: park. it. It's been interesting to see um, things lighten.
0: <laughs> Reminds me of a group we were at the Plaza de España, um, and uh, for I can't remember what reason, somebody in the group knew somebody in a travel company there that w- that worked in this travel company, and they were located their headquarters on the Plaza de España. It was on like the tenth floor of this building. This building, I think, it might have been called the Edificio de España. In Plaza de I can't remember what it was, but it's a big building. And we took the elevator up to meet this these people. They're very nice. And it was on the 10th floor, and we came down, and the elevator stuck on the 8th floor. Oh, no. Stuck. Yes. And we had to call on the thing, so I called in on the thing, and they said, well, just be patient. And they called the fire department up, <laughs> and they had to crank the elevator down by Oh, eight. my. And it was hot, and everybody was sweat. I mean, it was... It was a little tense, you know, and the the elevator was really full. I mean, it was really probably, it could have been, we may have overfilled the elevator. I don't
1: know. You're talking about things being crowded, and that's one thing I did not miss with traveling to some of our sites this this past time. Mm -hmm. When we were in the Louvre, it wasn't near as crowded because there were timed entrances, that they were taking care a little bit more closely of how many people were in the museum at a certain time. And it allowed our kids to be a little more relaxed in the Louvre and not feel that we're from a small town. So we're not necessarily used to the close, close space um, or the lack of personal space um, that is typically there and having a little more space, let our kids enjoy things even a, a little more uh, easily.
0: Yes. Okay. Now, the best techniques for teaching world language. We talked about this before we went on the show here, but I, I think from what we said, pretty much you like you like a little bit of everything, correct? I mean, yeah. you, you don't like think, to you don't like to exclude things necessarily, right?
1: Yeah, because I think that if you exclude certain things, then there are gaps that are created. Um, if you are in one system for its strengths, then you're not paying attention to the weaknesses that that system creates. And so if you're only in one system, then you're creating certain strengths, but some pretty massive gaps. Right. And so to advance communication, which is what we're trying to do for our kids, we got to recognize um, how we are adding to those gaps and how we are creating them for them with what we choose their activities to be. And so I think that there's valuable things in all of the major techniques. um, But I think it's also important as the professional to use the right tool
0: for the job. Exactly. Um, And the type of students you have, right?
1: Exactly. And, um, you know, even SEL strategies, have been more needed for my students as as they are coming to my class with with fewer um, coping strategies for anxiety and stress and those kind of things as exactly. before. So
0: yeah. And it's, it, yeah, all of those things enter into the, the equation, uh, which is why uh, you know we talk about the uh, teaching proficiency through reading and speaking, the TPRS, the comprehensible input. Uh, which is really very, I find it very similar to, to uh, total immersion, uh, which was actually done, by the way, uh, the comprehensive input, we were, I think we were doing that in the 90s, you know. Uh, so some of this, these things aren't totally new, you know. So, and we did a lot through the natural approach years back, too. So, But one of the things I find that, misses, that we're, we miss sometimes, we miss some of the great teaching techniques you know, like multiple intelligences, right, yeah. where, where everybody gets involved, differentiated instruction, um, the uh, cooperative learning where the kids learn in groups and, and they have to be responsible and they create things, you know. And I think yeah. that some of these things we, get, we, we have left behind, you know, and maybe we shouldn't be leaving them behind. In other I words, agree with, they're great techniques, they and they can be blended into all of this. And, you know, you, you can't call it blending because that's a whole different thing, too, blended learning, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it could be um, assimilated more, you know, into what we're trying to do, I think. I think we yeah. could create a lot more options for kids, you know, to learn. I mean, <laughs> where everything isn't always the same, right? And that we yeah, try to interest people, and there's their their interest levels and what they are interested in, et cetera. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I think that universal design for learning
0: um, UDL
1: is is kind of making that pendulum shift back okay. a little bit because it's recognizing the variabilities and the different intelligences and having different ways yes. to. Prove that you can do something yes. in different ways to reach kids or different activities for them to choose yes. from which are these differentiation
0: yeah. techniques and, that and we've it, done other, for years the other thing we have to think about too is how to make things easy and fun for the teacher right the teachers yeah now why would that be important because if it isn't we're going to lose more teachers okay we're gonna lose more classroom teachers. We're already losing way too many classroom teachers in every discipline, right? I mean, it's not good. Right. But we have to think of ways that we can make teachers be successful, right? In what they're doing. And try trying to make it, you know, where it's, you know, uh, palpable, where they can understand what, what they're supposed to do and try to help them. And I'm not sure they're getting that support some places, you know. I'm sure you do. I mean, you, you know, as a chairman. But I've been, talked to other people, and not, not everybody, of course, but there's places where there needs to be more of this, you know, more involvement, right, on the, the teacher part of it, where they get a, have input, where uh, there's got to be more of that. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it, but do you, would you agree to that, son?
1: Yeah, I believe that if we are to believe that teachers are professionals, then we need to hear their voice and yes. what they say is working yes. for the kids that
0: are in their classrooms. And, and we have to provide the learning tools, right? And for them, the teaching tools to survive. And it can't always be, if they don't like it, what it is, then we have to let them get something else and help them, right? Uh, and I think if we start doing that, we're going to save a lot of teachers from leaving the profession, you know, so they don't get frustrated, uh, and help them. And I, and I, I'm glad that, um, you know, that I'm glad you're the chair person because, he, you know, I know that you understand that, but there's some places where that doesn't happen, you know, and, uh, and in a lot of places it does, but, but, uh, some it doesn't. And, uh, I think that's, that's a good thing to remember, uh, is that too, emphasizing that too much or not?
1: I I don't believe so, because um, there was a time not too long ago in which, as colleagues, we really didn't interact with each other. Um, COVID has taken away some of that collaboration and some of that training, and we have been on survival mode. And as we are um, coming out of that, we need to keep our perspective. Um, we need to think long term and that's gonna help with the frustrations and the small um setbacks and going to help us um see growth over time. As world language teachers, we're we're doing something that takes a lot of time. Yes. Um and and if we don't if we're not kind with ourselves or patient with our kids in that development, um and we lose sight, and we get quite frustrated. Yes,
0: exactly. Now, what about the um, um, the idea of um, the teacher? He, the teacher's out there, and uh, what would you recommend if the, you have a teacher who's struggling with discipline or classroom management? He's, they're struggling, or they're struggling with, Lesson plans and how to make them more interesting. What would you What would you suggest that you do with that?
1: I mean, I, I think I would start in a conversation and just have them talk and and let them explain what their classroom is. Um, likely, um, kids are not focused, and usually that's because they they're not interested in that particular thing or they're not. Um, challenged by that t- particular thing. It could be that there are a couple little systems that they put in place or they think about having reached all of the skills within one class period and have breaks and, and allow some play to be in the classroom so that so, they're having fun.
0: So would you and include in that student-centered activities?
1: Student-centered activities, I think, is the only way to engage kids. Yes. Because if a student isn't producing and interpreting, then they are not, I mean, they're just sitting in the classroom. My coaching days kind of helped me understand how to um, run a classroom in that way because you wanted the type of practice to have as many people practicing at the same time. You didn't want only one person practicing a skill at a time. So you wanted to create an environment where you had everyone talking at the same time and not necessarily hearing what they said, but that can, that lots and lots of
0: opportunity for practice. So, um, why do you think teachers are leaving the profession?
1: I think that there's a gamut of reasons. I think it is sometimes that they're not, um, they're not, a teacher. Um, they, they thought that for some reason it would be a certain type of work, but it wasn't. I think that teachers are not respected and they don't always have support and they're often questioned and those things are hard. And, um, when you have some parents that are hard to See as parents who are trying to do the same thing as you and that they're actually loving their students and wanting the best for them instead of just um hard that those things are, are difficult and we have a skill set as people who can organize things and plan things and um speak different languages that can be used in lots of different settings
0: now that's excellent beautiful beautifully said. Now. Um, so let's imagine for a minute that there's some teachers listening to the show and they're listening to the program and they're going to be teachers. What would you say to them that they're going to really love about teaching and why they should do it?
1: Um, so for a teacher that's just starting out, I would say one, you got to love people especially the younger people that come into your room every day. You just need to enjoy them and appreciate the diversity of the actual individual that walks in and sits down in each seat. Um, I think it's important to notice your kids and to adjust your teaching based on what they need, not to have a plan in place that is not flexible. I think that, um, Number three, practicing every day really makes a difference over time. So keep a long-term perspective and trust the process. And I guess four goes back to parents. Parents love their kids and they want the best for them. They're a great resource to help figure out different kids and what they need. So, um, and, you're going to develop as a teacher. You're going to get to continue to be creative in your in your job, which is something I'm very I'm grateful for yeah. that I have a job that has a lot of variety yes. and allows me to be creative
0: and, and it never it never gets boring, right?
1: I mean no, just, every it day
0: is different, correct? Every it does. day, every class is different. <laughs> okay, what beautiful. Uh, now, so let's talk a minute about creativity, which is Uh, I think the most important thing a teacher brings to the table is their ability to be creative right and uh, uh, come up with new ideas and do new things right now what would you say what what do you think a creative teacher can do should do if they're creative be able to do it there's
1: there's so many aspects to that I mean um, creativity is taking what you know and and taking what you would like to do or expect, express and finding a way to, to mesh those two things together. Um, creativity allows problem solving and it also allows for expression. A creative teacher knows the goals to strive for, they know their students, and they can create steps for their students to grow to that goal that are individualized for their classes. Mm-hmm. Okay. A creative teacher can help students access background knowledge in order to make connections to ideas that are new to them. A creative teacher doesn't only teach content, but rather teaches students, fills in gaps, and makes meaningful connections on the fly because it just occurs to them. Okay. All right. A creative, a creative teacher redirects and diffuses distractions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a creative teacher can show students enough of the big picture that allows the mo- mundane daily practice to feel relevant, even in math class. And yep. a creative teacher thinks and reacts as one mm-hmm. of the people in the community of learners in the classroom. Well
0: said. Excellent. Beautiful. Uh, that that's pretty much sums it up. That's beautiful. Okay. Um, now... Um, why is teaching culture so important? If you teach about culture, why is that important?
1: Yeah. I mean, culture explains how people live, and sometimes that gives us insight into how they think. And we know that language is a tool for them to use to communicate what they think. Mm-hmm. So culture always is gonna influence the lens. That someone's thinking through someone's seeing things through. And so the language that they express is going to be through that lens of culture. Only words can be misconstrued or misunderstood. Sometimes the piece of culture has to be there to understand what the words
0: mean. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, that's well said. And, uh, um, I always tell the kids that, uh, that grammar is grammar, that when you take a written grammar test, it's easier to do that than speak when you take an oral test because you got time to think correctly. You can figure the sentence out, but when you're speaking and you have to get something done right on the spot, there's not much time to think. So you have to just respond. However, the interesting thing, I always think this about grammar learning, grammar is okay. To a point, but when you get into the country and you speak and you have to do use language for your daily activities and survive, it becomes a thing of just really being uh, risk taking, right? Risk taking. You have yeah. to make mistakes. And I always tell them that they're going to make a lot of mistakes, and that's okay. But the in- interesting thing is, and you've traveled with kids a lot, and I bet you'd say the same thing here the native speakers. Really treats kids better when they're traveling if they say something to them in the language, right? And if they right. try to communicate, even if they make mistakes, some of them are going, "Wow, you know, you're speaking you're speaking Spanish to me," you know. But but it's just the idea of speaking, and they don't correct the grammar. They don't give them a grade for the grammar. They're just happy that they're talking to them in their in their native language, right? So right
1: because. Communication has happened, right? Like if communication is completing the past, then they've been successful.
0: Yes, totally successful. And the other thing that makes them successful is they took time to go to the country, right? And uh, I often wondered, I've always said this, and I may have told you this years ago, but I did a project once, and uh, I can't remember what it was about, or maybe it was a grant, I don't know. One of the suggest- suggestions I made was that the government would sponsor students to spend up to three months to a year in a for- in a, a, a foreign country during their high school studies, you know? And yeah. uh, that way, that would be part of their graduation requirement. And uh, instead of spending so much money on, on bombs and nuclear weapons, you know? <laughs> so it never did happen, of course. But... <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing we have to concentrate on more. Because I think if we ever do that, and we probably will someday, but if we ever get so we have that type of requirement, we will see war disintegrate. There will be less wars because people will communicate with each other, right? And, and especially when they're young, because then they get older, and they're going to teach their kids how to, how to communicate and, and, and get along with other cultures. And until we do that, I think we're, we're still going to have the same issues, right? Uh, until we get the young people over to the countries, and I don't, I don't think you can wait forever to do that either. You know, I mean, it's you know they need to do it maybe in high school and, and at the latest in college, right? And yeah. uh, but we still don't have that requirement even at the college level. You know, there's no you know spend a semester in in a country as a graduation requirement in many schools. There are a few select schools that do that, but not many. So, but anyway, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, because people across our world are quite different, but really they're quite the same too. Uh-huh. Um, and traveling and, and studying culture and world language and just knowing people from different places yes. helps yes. provide perspective and insight. that Magnificent, yes. The, Yeah, it gives them the idea that things can be done differently, and that doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong.
0: And the same way with teacher travel, right? Yeah. It's a shame we don't have more teachers that can travel. There are a lot of teachers who travel. There should be a lot more, I think, that that do travel, but there's, there's some. But there ought to be more, you know, and I know COVID slowed it all down, but we've got to get teachers back in the countries, too, because... You know, they, they bring all that beautiful knowledge back. You know, the, the, to share with the kids. Um, the um, um, so, what teachers did you have in school that really motivated you to to be a language teacher?
1: Um, I mean, the first person who comes to mind is Roseanne Taylor.
0: Ah, um, uh, yeah, Sister Roseanne. <laughs> she was she was a good person, great teacher. Yep.
1: Fantastic teacher. I mean, most of my language and broad cultural knowledge was taught by her at the college Mm -hmm. level. Um, she believed that I could do things that I didn't know that, and I didn't think that I could do. And she taught with like a curiosity matched with a love and a kindness with high expectations and provided feedback with a, like a constant curiosity and and just like a a discovery Mm -hmm. attitude. And so she's a teacher that um, I still think of how she explained different things as I am explaining
0: that to the kids that I have in my class. She she made you feel good about yourself, right? She always was able to lift people up. That was one of the things I admired about her. Uh, and, I, and I did quite a few projects with her in the language organizations. But I, she was so able to lift people up, you know, and take yeah. the kids and say, you can do this, you know. And she was right. beautiful at that. Um, what about the um, state of world language study today? What do you think about that?
1: Um, I mean, tech, tech has changed some things in the last several years. And how we have delivered stuff. With COVID has really ramped up our skill set in using some of the tools that we've had for a little bit. Um, I mean, as tech has changed and how we entertain ourselves has changed, our kids, we talked a little bit earlier, they process a little bit differently. Um, but I mean, another thing that's been, I think, hard on language learning is that it's a long term process. And there are long-term goals that seem to be a little bit too long-term for it to be worth it for some of our students.
0: Um, so and, uh, let's, let's talk about the technology impact at the moment. Um, okay. We were kind of forced into a lot of it, right, by COVID. Right. You know, where everything became virtual for quite a while. Now, um I have a lot of ideas about technology, and some are good. And I'm probably the worst culprit. I spend hours every day in my computer doing this and that, and and I do, I, and I keep learning good stuff. And I keep thinking, well, first of all, I'll say, why did I learn this in the first place? But it, yeah. some of it you just have to learn it, or it comes right down to you, and you got to go. Well, yeah, I can figure this out. But uh, my, the question I always ask about this is. And my, my my grandkids, for example, and I see, my my granddaughter's eight years old, my grandson's ten, and the other ones twelve, and uh, the ten and twelve year old guys, I mean, they are on their iPads a lot, you know, and they play yeah. games, and and their parents give them t- certain times they can't be on them, but it's um, it bothers me a little bit because I I don't think that. You can be an effective communicator by sitting and looking at that screen hour after hour after hour. And I beg, I, I would challenge anybody to prove me wrong. And uh, I see it in my classes now at the college level. You know, it's, uh, you know, that it, it's like they're so dependent on the screen. You know, we, we, we have e-books. You know, they don't have textbooks. I and mean, They have e-books, right? and uh, they come in there, and they it's, I mean, everybody's dependent on the screen, right? It's like, you know, if you had a book, they wouldn't know what to do. And the other problem is it's hard to drag the people out of that techie set into live human communication, right? See what I'm saying? That's a a challenge. That's a huge (laughs) challenge for teachers. And I'm not (laughs) sure that the young teachers are brought up to do anything else you know I mean they've yeah. been brought up with this this technology is this and the only way to do things now and I go back to again to what I'm saying about humanity here we've got to, to draw the line sometime and say I want to teach you know human communication as well right I would like yeah. to see these kids speak to each other live right and then, are we just going to be you know prisoners of our iPhones and the iPads and all that stuff right I mean, is that how our life is going to end up? And it seems to be the road that we're taking. And I don't know if, if there will be anybody that's going to change it. Or And I, and the thing that's, that worries me is the administrators probably see this as an easier way to manage the money. It might be cheaper, you know, all these things. And then we get into that money deal, you know, and, you know, money can't buy happiness, right? I mean, you right. know, money can't buy intelligence. You can't buy good teaching. It can't buy good learning. You know, yeah, it has to, you know, there has to be practicality here, right? And, uh, and I know Google's wonderful and I have a lot of, I do all that Google stuff and the slides and the Google drive and all that business. But uh, there's a time when we have to be human about this, right? And there's a time when the kids need to interact with each other, speak the language with each other and uh, do things and have chores and tasks And a lot of them, if they're ever going to speak the language, right? Now, why do I say that? Because I see these kids coming to college now, and they do not have great oral skills. I would say many of the oral skills are not very good. And then compared to what it was, now we can say COVID was the blame. But here we are now. We're coming out of COVID. Are we going to rise up and bring the human touch back to teaching? Are we not going to do that? And I also have a theory that many teachers leave because they get tired of doing this. You know, the, the, you know, the, the computer stuff all the time, the laptops, and the blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it goes on ad infinitum. And these kids, if we think about at school, if they're on the computer, let's just say they're on half of each class, and they're on 25 minutes if it's a 50-minute class, and they have six classes, they're on there over almost three hours a day, they're on the computer. Or their laptops, or their or iPads. Then they go home for another three hours, right, or four hours. They're on the they're on this technology stuff seven or eight hours a day, right? Looking at the screen. What else does it do physically? It's bad for your posture. It's bad for your neck. It's bad for your back. You're always bent over. I mean, there's a lot of things that we that aren't great for this, and nobody seems to care. You know, it's like we're going to grow up. And we're going to have these people that are going to have. Some, arthritic sore necks are going to have back issues i mean we're it's just things we're looking at even on the phones not good for your posture and, and neck looking down at the phone all the time so you know
1: i don't know i mean i
0: mean it, I, it, there there has to be some people that are going to rise up and say enough is enough now will we have the not the knowledge to do that or the the fortitude to do it i don't know you know or will the money and end up controlling stuff and Will Google and Apple and and all the uh, Dell and all these places where they control everything, you know, I don't know, but I think the, the teachers are going to have to stand up and say, you know, we still want to have some humanity here, you know. And, but uh,
1: I I see kids um, that are when I requested they set down their game, their distraction in my mind, their yes. break. To no,
0: them. they 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 and, they
1: they and they interact and they do what yes. I ask them to do. And yeah, when and I'm engaging them, they're yes. with me, and they good. don't pick that phone up right. until I no longer right, have engaged right.
0: them. Now, man, <laughs> you're good at this, okay? But just think of the new teacher coming in, right? They'd have the challenge of all this and put your phones up, and blah, 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 all these things coming into play. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, you know. That I think we, you know, we just need to make it a little more direct you know about what we're you know and say you know here's our technology it's here right but we're not going to let it dominate us right you know
1: earlier this month though when we were traveling I noticed something about my seniors that I hadn't seen from a group before Um, they they problem solved a little bit differently and I think that we could manipulate that into using it in a world language classroom I haven't tried it yet the the problem that they were coming across is that they didn't know how to use the shower in their hotel room. Um, yeah, you man. typically when that happens, they come down to the lobby where the adults are and we help them out. Right. But right. instead they had a group chat and they're really good at crowdsourcing. Like oh, yeah. when they were yeah. at home, they I mean they got really good at crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. And so in order to turn on the shower, They asked each other that question. I I happened to be invited to their group chat, and so I kind of saw it happening, and I I kind of would wait and see how they would help each other out and problem-solve a little bit before I would come in and and save the day. I mean, they're seniors, and we want to see that they're developing.
0: But a lot of that's owed to your teaching, you know? You took the time, but you took the time to meet, and, you know, you say, we're going to not do this now, we're going to do other activities thinking, yeah. thought process, you know, and all that helps them do that. You know, I mean, I,
1: what I, they did is that they didn't get it. Like one communicated, like, right. this is how you do it. And the other one didn't get it. And then they made a video mm-hmm. of them doing the activity and they sent it and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's awesome. And they now yeah. solve the problem. Of course. Well,
0: it, yeah and the other Except thing they
1: did that in english but i think that we could use their form of problem solving or yes. crowdsourcing with each
0: other in oh, that yeah.
1: to, well there's to a, there, there's language.
0: A, there's a lot of things you can practice one of them is you know the and we're not saying that this the tools aren't useful they all the language tools are phenomenal but we're, I, what my th- thought is we have to keep the humanity alive right you oh, know, definitely. And the interactions with the kids and where they get off the screen and not have to be there all the time. No, they, I mean, they're, 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 they're wonderful things, you know, that the kids learn, you know, online or and, and live and all their communications on the phone. But yeah. here's another one, too. I, I've seen people do this in, in Madrid. This is fascinating. I've seen people go to Madrid and friends of mine happen to be there when I'm there and they're not, they don't know any Spanish. And you know they can they can go through the whole city with their iPhone, and they sit down and they ask me about that, and I said, well, you can order your food and stuff, and you know get your your translator up and blah blah blah, and you know that does the oral part too, right? So you just put it in English. I'd like uh, an order of churros and chocolates, and then it it takes the English and puts it in the oral oral Spanish, so you can hear it. And so the waiter's sitting there, and I've seen them do this. I mean, they actually didn't know Spanish, right? That's how mm. powerful the tools are. No, they're wonderful. I've had other people that go through Madrid and, you know, and they just use the, the map. And they go through and they find out where all the streets are. Where all, I mean, it takes them five seconds, you know? And they can, you know, here's the metro stop, and they pull the metro up, you know, and online. So, I mean, there's it's just wonderful things, you know, and we know that. and But... Again, just, it's just the human touch, right, that we have yeah. to pay attention to, especially with the kids, you know? I mean, it's, you know, uh, adults, you know, they, they, it's probably too late with them, but, you know, with students, with, you know, having, you know, active minds where they're talking to each other live and seeing each other, it means a lot, you know? It means a lot, tremendous amount. Yeah. And uh, I know when our grandkids, if we get them playing a card game, for example, they love playing cards, you know, and they're able to do it quite well, you know, when they're not on the computer, but it's, it's the interaction, you know, that makes it worth it all. Now, but as you said, for the problem solving, they were able to do that, you know, which is another fascinating thing. Yeah. So, but, all right, we're moving on. Now, so okay. let's say, um, um, so where are we headed though with the technology? Are we going to? just kinda, it's gonna be all, everything's on yeah. the, We're gonna be iPad stuff every day, I'm, I'm guessing. Eventually yeah, I
1: think be. I think we're headed towards less tech unless it is very interactive and assimilative. Um, mm-hmm. Students like access, to, I mean, they like to be able to go back and have notes and be right, able to see a right. video again and they enjoy having a lesson available if they're not in class because they are doing other things that day, I think that that part is going to continue to be expected, that they'll be able to have those reference tools. Mm-hmm. But the the things that used to engage students with that, that was tech don't anymore. And so it would be silly for us to stay with tech items yes. that aren't engaging our kids.
0: No, no, no. One of the things that – in we probably talked about this in 2001 and we were getting into that, this stuff at that time with the technology stuff. But one of the things that I think the most wonderful thing about all the tech stuff in the classroom is how you can immediately bring culture into the classroom, right? You know, doing your online stuff in Madrid or if you're doing Garcia Lorca and you can bring up all these things, you can have him reciting a poem, you know, and I mean all this stuff in seconds, you know, I mean, that's, I think the culture part, you know, of the whole thing is the, the thing that we have to tap on more, you know? Yeah. And I think mean, that really, really get onto that more, but you know, there's no question that it's, it's a huge tool, you know, there's no doubt. And, uh, I have trouble with our grandkids, you know, I mean, I, I mean, again, I sometimes Cooper, he'll be using the iPad and and don't uh, want him to cut off Saipan. I'll say, "Oh, let him go another 10 <laughs> So anyway, but it's fun. You know, it's all great stuff. Um, okay, so um, what do you think we need to improve in language study?
1: I mean, I as... I do think that we are doing some very good things. Absolutely, and I think, yes. You know, and I think that... Um, that we don't want to lose lose sight of that. Um, Students are communicating at a higher level um, in some situations um, when Apple put together those, those um, advanced low intermediate high. And then I'm sorry, when, and then when Axel put that together and then they produced the Apple, my students then can finally use them as goals that were kind of like, they were interested. They're like, can I actually do this? And yeah, I'm so glad you like, brought
0: that up. Good because and when that, we started yes. yeah
1: when we started grading their writing based on those uh, you know just those very wide general things right, and right, they right. see that there was growth and what it would take to get to the next thing and that made our practice relevant. I've seen our kid my kids grow in their communication um, because they understand that it's a it's a really long-term goal. And all these little things get well, there. and it
0: takes a long time. You know that it yeah. does. It it's, it's, takes a while, and uh, that that's totally correct. Uh, now, do you? Uh, what do you think the best thing is about world language teaching right now?
1: That it is. I mean, it's communication, and so we are always having our kids talk to each other. They're practicing, they are interacting and thinking about other places and how other people live and do things. And so I think that um, if we are lacking some in humanity, as you were kind of talking with Tech before, the language classroom is a perfect space for us to notice people and want and, to communicate and, with and,
0: them. And do better, right, too. Yeah. And, and you're, not, you're certainly an outstanding, outstanding and beyond teacher. It, we, who does these things you know and uh, and there are many people out there like you that agree there's some great teachers but I think we always have to remember you know that you know we've got to you know take our stand on some things right you know about you know let's let's take time to do this if we're not doing it you know and uh, but many people already do it as you said you know so uh not, not, a, not a situational issue there um So, um, what advice would you give the young teachers again to, to,
1: to, to love people, especially the younger people that come into their room every single day. That's super important. That's the most important thing. Yes, exactly. Um, And part of that is noticing your kids and adjusting your teaching based on what they need, um, Think about the long-term. So practicing every day really does make a difference over time. Keep the, a long-term perspective. Keep your eyes up. And to notice that parents are a great resource. They love their kids. And you can partner with them because they want what's best for them.
0: Okay, beautiful. Um, now, um, I'm going to end the show here and just hang on and once I end we'll talk a couple minutes and but we'll keep the thing going here but I'm going to stop the show here so um Julie thank you so much for being here you were super and you are just an incredible educator a great leader and uh, it just makes one feel good to know that we have people like you in the profession you know you are awesome and uh thank you for being on the show you've been awesome Great ideas, and uh, I think uh, the school is very fortunate to have you there. So, that's my final thought. You are very; they're very fortunate to have you at that sc- at, the, at lapel. and uh, as are the students and the uh, parents. So, have a great night, and uh, we will catch up at IFLTA, hopefully, right or ACFEL in uh, yeah. the upcoming conferences, and uh, so. Uh, but don't get off yet. We'll talk afterwards. Okay. okay. And uh, uh, for the listeners, we are winding our show up, and it's been a fun show. We didn't have any tornadoes or anything, <laughs> so <laughs> we were rolling along here. And uh, thank you for be- uh, being with us, you listeners. And again, don't forget, in April, we're going to have a show from Germany uh, with um, uh, uh, Guero Loco. Okay, good night, everybody. Buenas noches. Que descansen. And everybody get some rest. Okay, nos vemos. Bye.
1: Uh oh. I'm here. I know, I gotta.